Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. What an exciting time to be a Boilermaker fan, but even more exciting to be a Boilermaker men's basketball fan. Another win against Iowa. This man right here was courtside with it. Uh, it is uh, Mr. Bobby Buckets, part of the radio team there with uh, Rob Blackman. Uh, boy, we, we finally made it to the Big Ten season here, Bobby, and uh, two win, or a win to get started out here against Iowa. I know some fans were uh, very concerned about uh, you know, Iowa's firepower. Uh, Keegan doesn't play, which was good news, but still Iowa was able to make that one a game. Uh, that gave me, I don't know, it scared me a little bit, Bob. It, it really did uh, with the inability to beat that kind of half-trap, uh, half-court game that they were throwing out there. Uh, what were your takeaways from Iowa first and foremost? Sure, uh, Jared. Thanks first off for having me on. And yeah, that was a, a highly anticipated game, one of the most highly anticipated regular season games you know Purdue's had in a long time. You know, probably besides the ones that Purdue's had where they had a chance to like clinch a Big Ten title or something along those lines. Um, the chance to obviously be ranked number one today uh, if we were able to win that game against Iowa. So. You could definitely tell in the arena, obviously, all the anticipation and then, then certainly the tension. I could feel it in the arena as things started to slip away from Purdue down the stretch. Uh, I'm sure the players felt it, too. You know, they obviously wanted to accomplish something that no Purdue team had ever done by getting ranked number one in the AP poll. So, well, you it was know, an interesting game, to say the least, yeah. You know the fans were, you know, getting some vibes like it's Rick Mount bobblehead night all over again, which I hate going no back doubt. to that one, but... You know, these kids don't remember, probably don't remember that. But uh, what kind of vibes were you getting from the team specifically and, and those players? Do you feel like that they're feeling that kind of weight on their shoulders a little bit? Yeah, I think they probably were feeling that to some degree. And, you know, you're you're nervous and butterflies before every game anyways, but there was probably a little bit extra for that one. And then, you know, any but any game, honestly, when you have like a substantial lead, and the other team makes a run, uh, especially if you're at home, like the crowd gets super antsy. And that, that that's that way with any type of game where you, you start to see a big lead slip away. Um, I think the guys, you know, were definitely feeling that. He um, and Iowa can give Iowa a lot of credit because, like you said, they didn't have Keegan Murray, their best player, leading scorer in the country, and yet they battled big time with Purdue. They, they threw out something pretty unique that Purdue hadn't seen yet this year, which was that like diamond and one or two, two, one or one, two, two, uh, press, you know, three quarter court press, whatever you would call that. That was something Purdue had not seen this year. It's certainly something I was done to us in the past. As you mentioned, they did it to us with a lot of success in that Rick Mount game a handful of years ago when they came back from 20 points down in the second half. So it's something they obviously practice and they got some long athletes out there and were able to, give Purdue a lot of fits and uh it's something that once you know it looks a lot easier to break on tv uh you know when you're out there it, it's really hard they do such a good job of you know making every single pass look very tantalizing like oh, i don't i'm not sure the window's big enough and then you know to get to get the ball through from a passing standpoint and then they put a lot of pressure on that guard to to try to do something off the bounce but then as soon as you start to you know, dribble full speed one direction, they're going to run and jump and, and try to trap you with two guys near that half-court line and and then use the sideline to their advantage as well. So it's really difficult. Obviously, Purdue did not handle it great. Um, the positive is they were able to do just enough to win. 
and now they're able to go back to the drawing board, practice that more, get guys more confident on, you know, because it's not only on the ball handler, it's obviously on the other four guys on the court to, you know, moving to the correct spots, finding the openings in the, the trap or in the zone, the pressing zone to where if the ball handler does get trapped, making yourself available um, to come up and catch the pass. To, and then once you catch that, hopefully turning and being aggressive and trying to score off of it and make them pay for being over aggressive on the defensive side. So, See, that's you know, it, it, the positive is they can go back to the drawing board after a win. Yeah. And because we play Iowa later this year at Iowa, and obviously not only Iowa, but other teams will probably try to maybe do something similar since they saw Purdue struggled. So nice. This is nice that Purdue can work on this and get it out of the way and get better at it coming off of a win versus a loss. See, I tried to explain that to everybody, but Twitter only gives you 140 characters, man, and uh, you just you, you can't do that. But, I mean, fans were clearly very frustrated with that when you can't break the press. But that's a the way Iowa does it, it's a little bit unique, and it's not something that you probably practice against a bunch. I mean, when you're working against the press in practice, Bob, it, it's – Probably a lot more of, hey, everybody's kind of manning up and trying to put the pressure, and then if they can run the trap somewhere, they, they, they try to trap you, and then, you know, you get the bat, pass up and move the ball up the court. But uh, this is a little bit different is what you're telling the folks. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's very It can be very disorienting for the guys that are on the court, especially because it's I feel like it's one of those situations where there's one guy with the ball, and the other four guys are all kind of looking at each other like, are you going to be the one that cuts into the open spot? Are you going to be the one? That, and they're all looking for someone else to kind of go get the ball and be aggressive, and that's where you have to have everybody on the court being aggressive as far as trying to go get the ball and break the press. If people are being passive because, you know, they might be a little timid and scared, like I don't want to get it and get trapped and turn it over, <laughs> well, then all of a sudden, you know, it's a slippery slope to where you can leave a guy on an island uh, and people aren't necessarily being aggressive and cutting to the open positions to get the ball like they should. So I think it was definitely something that, you know, I'm sure Purdue practiced it going into the game. It's something Iowa always does. But until you get into the heat of the battle and the pressure rises like it was in the building, you know, guys can freeze up. And I think that's probably, you know, it was probably a combination of guys freezing up a little bit or maybe just not remembering exactly how they were supposed to attack that pressure as far as where they're supposed to cut and then the ball handler obviously had some issues as well so it was a large combination of things that went wrong but fortunately not wrong enough to lose <laughs> we're talking with uh, bob riddell here on the hammerhead hotline he along with rob blackman do the radio call for your uh, purdue basketball squad can we can we just take a second here can we do a little mason gillis appreciation talk because i mean i, I felt like that kid came through real real big uh, in this, uh, specifically in this Iowa game, I mean, it's not a secret what happened to him in the offseason that he was going to have to fight to get back for those minutes. And boy, uh, he has done everything I think Matt Painter could possibly ask him to do in the minutes that he has been playing. But that game against Iowa really stood out for me. Yeah, I'm glad you brought Mason up. I mean, I thought he was the difference in that game. Obviously, Jaden had a number of impressive moments and was the leading scorer, but I thought Mason was the X factor outside of that. Um, you know, I was really impressed with him last year overall as a retro freshman. I thought he gave Purdue some really good contributions at the power forward spot. And then, as you mentioned, he has his unfortunate situation in the offseason. He's got these two, you know, stud freshmen coming in that play his position as well. And, and yeah, he was going to have an uphill battle to uh, try to get those, you know, minutes back. But, you know, fortunately for him, uh, he was able to play well enough in the preseason practices that they felt comfortable redshirting Trey Kaufman-Wren. And then, you know, now it looks like he's behind Caleb first 
uh, as far as the starting role goes. But, you know, as Coach Painter said before, we have like nine starters on this team. And so <laughs> he is able to still come in and impact the game off the bench. And as you mentioned, he was just awesome, I felt like, in, in that Iowa game as far as just doing all kinds of little things, making open shots, extra effort plays on the glass and uh, stepped up and made all of his free throws as well, I believe. And so, yeah, he came through big. There was that one moment where they shrunk the lead to two. Travion Williams got fouled. It was a one-and-one. Travion, as we know, not the greatest free throw shooter. Travion leaves it short, and there's Mason there to keep the ball alive, get a jump ball, pretty retains possession. And then I believe he got fouled on the subsequent possession. He went to the line Mm -hmm. and made his free throws. And that essentially was the the turning point, I felt like, that – uh, was able to allow Purdue to hold on to the lead and, and win in the end. You talk about Caleb first, and I know we've been very impressed with him as a freshman. Uh, you know, physically he looks the part, which is kind of crazy to think about. That you know, this guy was like maybe like eight months ago was playing high school ball. But you remember what it's like in different situations. I get it, but you remember what it's like to go in there as a freshman. Try to put into perspective just how amazing. Caleb is to be able to do what he does already at this point in his college career. Certainly. I mean, no question. It's, it's like a whole different world. You know, the college, the big 10 level college basketball experience playing in a place like Mackey and the level of competition, and the speed of the game compared to what it is in high school. I mean, it's just a whole different world. Uh, he's obviously extremely talented uh, winning the, you know, Indiana uh, Mr. Basketball. And he's a great player in his own right, but, it's a huge learning curve and change from, from the high school game. It's just the speed is way different. And he obviously has acclimated very well for the most part, um, has been great in that starting lineup playing his role. But, I mean, you certainly, I think, could tell in that Iowa game. I mean, that, that environment, the pressure in that Iowa game was probably the highest, you know, it's been this season as far as just the environment itself and all the pressure that went along with it. And I think, you know, Caleb obviously didn't, have his best game or, or make his best contributions like he has earlier in the season. So I think that was probably a game where maybe um, it was a learning experience for him as far as just playing in an environment like that and something he'll take from and, and get better at. But, yeah, it's definitely a huge change and step up from the high school level. Final question for you. What was it like to see that banner being unfurled uh, in Mackey for Larry Clisby? on Friday. Uh, the bobblehead looked great. Uh, I know they had a great video montage and stuff too, but um, as a guy that's, you know, just now stepping into that role over the last, you know, season and a half here, uh, what was that moment like for you personally? It was really neat. I mean, it's just so cool to see Larry, you know, honored in that fashion and be up there uh, in the Raptors, uh, immortalized forever there. So he just meant He's meant so much to the program, you know, his tenure there as the radio, the radio voice of the Boilermakers, just so beloved by all the fans and obviously Coach Gene Cady and Coach Matt Painter, uh, as far as their relationships with, with the Cliz, he was the best, you know, and I really cherish my relationship with him and my experiences of being able to be around him for the time I was. So he's definitely extremely missed, and it's neat that he'll be up there in the Raptors forever. It's uh, Bobby Riddell here with us on the Hammerhead Hotline. You catch him, you catch Rob Blackman, and uh, the whole crew. They do the radio calls for Purdue basketball. Always a pleasure to tune in and listen to those guys. Uh, you get Piscataway, you get Rutgers this week, and 
old Ron Harper Jr. So uh, try not to spend too much prep time going through old Ron Harper clips, okay? I, I know <laughs> you look at one thing on YouTube, you go down a rabbit hole, man. But, uh, yeah, stay focused, all right? Yeah, no problem. This is my first trip to Piscataway. They were not in the Big Ten when, uh, you know, I'm an old man now. <laughs> You're so, so they old. They were in the Big Ten when I played, so... <laughs> Uh, it'll be interesting to see their setup there. I've heard they, I've heard that place, I believe it holds around 8,000. I heard it can get pretty, um, rocking. And obviously when you got the number one team in the country coming to town, I'm sure they'll be excited. It'll be interesting to see if Geo Baker plays. I think he's been out the last handful of games for Rutgers. So obviously he's been a thorn in our side, uh, ever since he's been at Rutgers. So it would certainly be a break if he's not able to go, but you know, we'll see what happens in Piscataway. Great time to be a Boilermaker fan. Uh, Bobby Riddell with us on the Hammerhead Hotline. Buddy, you know I always love listening to you, Rob. You guys do a tremendous job. Please keep up the good work, man. And thank you for making time for us today. No problem.